Hello, everybody, and welcome back to another episode of the Late Night Mike and Mike Show. I'm one of your hosts, Michael Westbrook, and I'm here with Dallas Mike. So, uh, interesting week coming up. Um, kind of had some big news that I know you wanted to talk about. Also, yeah. before we started, just kind of want to slip in. Uh, we got a game coming up this week being played in London, so that's always uh, interesting to see what's going on there. Uh, yeah, that'll be interesting to talk about for our prediction episode. I'm excited for that one. Yeah. That'll be way fun. So uh, why don't we go and talk about some of the news that's going on this week? Yeah. So uh, for some crazy news around the league, uh, everybody knows 2019's Defensive Player of the Year, uh, one of the best Patriots defensive backs probably to have ever played, probably one of the best defensive backs to ever play, you know, up there with Deion Sanders and um, obvious current guys with Jalen Ramsey and Richard Sherman for sure. Uh, Stephon Gilmore just got traded to the Panthers. Uh, I believe the Patriots are trying to make some cap space room so that they can bring on linebacker Jamie Collins that just got dropped. And so uh, in order to do that, they dropped Stephon Gilmore, who's injured till week six or seven. And so he's going to be on the Panthers. Um, pretty shocking as a Patriots fan. Uh, I've, I've loved Stephon Gilmore. He's been an awesome guy. Uh, it's very shocking for sure. Um, but the Panthers defense just got a huge uptick um, for the week that he comes back. So uh, fantasy-wise, that's huge for the defense for them, uh, but just huge for the Panthers to keep on their, their winning streak that they're going on right now. Um, and then in other news uh, for trades and such, Jalen Smith got dropped by the uh, Cowboys, and now he's getting picked up by the Packers. Um I'm not sure exactly how well he's going to do um, things like that. He's obviously not defensive player of the year or anything. Um, but I think the Packers do need some help defensively. So it's going to be good for them to to have some more depth at that position. Uh, Michael, I'll let you take the next two points for crazy news, but uh, just some crazy trades that uh, didn't expect to be seen happening uh, uh, this week for sure. Yeah, so I guess... You know, kind of not necessarily trade news, but some big news is uh, Justin Fields being named starting QB. Uh, I mean, it's it's kind of one of those things. I mean, I, you know, we definitely all kind of knew it was going to come at some point. Uh, you know, Red Rocket just uh, didn't really perform. We wasn't really up to it. And, uh, you know, obviously Justin Fields comes in and, uh, you know, he gets named the guy. And I, I think that was uh, something we saw coming. Um, still kind of waiting to see about the whole, you know, Trey Lance, when, when is he going to get, you know, his, uh, big first start, but congrats to Fields. Uh, when we do our uh, episode this week, I, I think it's a good team for, you know, uh, for him to kind of prove himself. Um, because yeah. this week they are playing, uh, who is it? Uh, I totally just blanked uh, Vegas. So yeah, they're playing Vegas. Yeah. So it, it'd be interesting to see him uh, prove himself about that, but enough about that. Uh, also NFL PA, uh, the executive director, DeMaurice Smith, um, his job is now in jeopardy. Um, so obviously you guys know, you know, the CBA just, you know, got redone and there were a lot of players who were upset about this. So the executive committee actually took a vote on Tuesday night about whether he should be able to remain in his job or not. And uh, the vote was split seven to seven and he needed a unanimous 14 of the members had to, you know, say yes all across and he got the split. So now this means that the player reps um, have to vote on him. So if 22 of the 32 reps have vote to retain Smith, he'll be reelected 
and they'll probably negotiate a new contract for him. However, if he doesn't get 22 votes, then uh, the position will be open and they have to hire a search committee to come, you know, to try to find uh, a, a new person to uh, fill the position. Now, the interesting thing is if he gets 16 votes, uh, then he can run again to try, you know, to, to try to get the position again. But it's almost kind of a question of like, if you know all these people didn't want you, would you still want to hold the position anyways? So it'll be kind of interesting to see uh, what's yeah, going on there. Yeah. yeah, definitely interesting for sure. Um, I know the NFLPA has always been a major factor and it's getting even more so uh, with so many things outside of the league happening and then, you know, even things inside. So it'll be interesting to follow that and see how that how that progresses over the next, I don't know how long this process takes, but I'll say probably a couple months uh, maybe, but maybe they'll move well, faster. I but. think the, the vote, the next vote, I think, is Friday with the player reps. So and then, yeah, I mean, it, it's fairly quick. Uh, so the search committee, I think, you know, like you said, it, it, that, that could take, take a, a while. Um, but, I mean, as far as getting him out, it, it could be, it could, you know, it could be, I think, Friday at the soonest, would, you know, he'd be out. Uh, I don't know if they do, like, an interim or if, you know, if he stays in until until then. I'm not sure how that process works. Yeah, I don't know. Uh, it'll be interesting to follow it for sure. Um, but we'll we'll probably have more news for you next week since that vote will be on Friday. Um, but because our prediction episode will be before that, we won't have more news. So, um, yeah, next next week's episode is going to be a lot of fun. Um, but yeah, so anyway, we'll move on to our next topic, uh, which is going to be fantasy. Uh, we always like to bring up fantasy a little bit because, you know, our league is always heating up. I'm sure everybody else's is because... Players are underperforming and other uh, players are overperforming. So it's always interesting to bring some players up. Um, obviously, we've seen Cordero Patterson. He's blowing up right now. He's the only viable offensive position on that team right now uh, because the other players on that team depend on Matt Ryan performing, and he is not. So if you have their wide receiver, uh, Calvin Ridley, or if you have their tight end, Kyle Pitts, which I do, I wouldn't play them unless you're stuck with them. Uh, as for Cordell Patterson, play him. He the, he is key right now. Uh, he's a key receiving player as well as a key running back. And so I would play him if you have him no matter what, uh, especially this week against the Jets. I'm not saying that they'll beat the Jets, uh, which is surprising. I think this is the first week we can actually say that the Jets will win a game. Um, but I mean, this is going to be a good week to play him. Um, other players that I've seen on the up and up. Uh, you see uh, Kenneth Gainwell, James Conner, and Katie McKissick, or J.D. Mc Katie, uh, McKissick. Those are three running backs that are on the up and up. Uh, they are just really performing well. James Conner is the Cardinals' favorite guy to go to for the end zone in terms of running it in. They do not use Edmonds in the red zone. Um, and then uh, Kenneth Gainwell, he is a very high target for as being a receiving back. And then Katie McKissick is overperforming and just doing way better than Antonio Gibson. And I wouldn't be surprised if they end up switching spots from RB two to RB one. Uh, so those are my guys that are kind of doing really well. Um, I'll let you kind of say your guys, you know, any kind of tips, anything you might have so, before I, well, I'm thinking of guys that are doing poorly. Uh, so Jamison Crowder, I think he is a good pickup to have going on. Um, 
he really connected uh, for the first win. And I think that's a, a prime example there uh, it, for the Jets family. Uh, I think it's great. Um, Damian Williams running back for the Bears, uh, especially with David Montgomery's leg injury, could be interesting. Uh, obviously, you said Kenneth Gainwell, um, particularly if you're in a PPR league, uh, he's going to be a lot more productive for you. Um, could even see some of Latavius Murray. Um, you know, uh, but he's, I think he was named the starting running back. Uh, obviously, Dalton Schultz had another great week. Uh, Darnell Mooney, uh, you know, he caught five passes for 125 yards. Absolutely think he's worth picking up. Uh, and then you said you wanted to talk about some of the people not worth picking up. Yeah, um, or, or even players that are probably on your, you know, on your list that are just not performing. Um, so, players like that, for me at least, that I know of, um, Robert Tanyan. Uh, super bad. Uh, Kyle Pitts. I already said him. Um, shoot. Oh, AJ Brown and Julio Jones. Uh, the Titans are really struggling offensively right now, and I would definitely suggest that uh, you definitely keep him benched, as AJ Brown is uh, not really on the IR, but he can be placed on the IR in most fantasy apps. Um, but don't play him right now. They're just playing tough teams, you know, or you know, I don't know what's going on really, but they're not doing well fantasy wise. So don't play them unless you're super deep. Uh, for now, that's what I've got. Unless you remind me of somebody while so, you're talking, but man. So Randall Cobb for me, uh, he had five catches for 69 yards and two touchdowns, but I just don't see it being sustainable for him realistically. Uh, so he's kind of on my ignore list. Uh, Perini, the running back for the Bengals, they added him because oh, of Perini. Joe Mix. Yeah. Because of his week to week injury, but, He's just not that good, so it's not worth it. Uh, and then I'd also, you know, say uh, right now, Miles Gaskin, he only got 12 snaps against the uh, Colts. Um, so he's kind of, I, I don't know what's going on there, kind of interesting. And then uh, this was something that I noticed in our league, at least. Uh, Tyson Williams, like I said, with, you oh, know, yeah, Latavius Murray uh, becoming the starting guy now, uh, you know, Ravens bench Tyson Mur or Tyson Williams, so... Uh, just yeah i think that's yeah um sadly players are not performing that we'd really expect uh so it's quite sad to see them you know not being able to be played every week not being able to trust them as much uh oh another player i forgot to mention saquon barkley if you have him start playing him he is starting to look better starting to really do well uh he is on the giants uh i know but he's Saquon Barkley. I mean, it's, it's just like playing Derrick Henry. Even if he was on the jets, you kind of gotta, I mean, they're, he's just such a good guy, such a good player. And he does catch out of the backfield as well. So full PPR league, even half still going to give you a lot of good points. So Saquon Barkley, even though he's coming back from that injury could be solid. So watch that for sure. If you've got him, play him for sure. Um, but I think fantasy wise, in terms of players, that's well, so the interesting one yeah, so there's there's a couple of interesting ones where they're going to be very hit or miss. Uh, I'd like to point out Emmanuel Sanders. So yes. while he's still shown that he can be productive, I don't know how sustainable it realistically is, uh, especially, you know, with, with Diggs, uh, Dawson Knox. I mean, there's just, there's so much going on there. I How do you comfortably tell someone, hey, I think you should have Emmanuel Sanders? Um, and the other one, I'd have to say Zach Pascal for the mm -hmm. Colts. 
Uh, that's that's kind of just another one where it's just like, mm, I, you know. Anybody on the Colts right now is hard because they could have a hit or miss uh, week and you probably don't have the player that's going to go off that week. So it's really annoying to have them. I have Michael Pittman uh, in some leagues. I have Jonathan Taylor in some leagues. So it's a really tough way to play if you have one of them because you probably won't get the points you're wanting or needing. Um, so, yeah, I mean, it's it's a tough fantasy situation right now for a lot of people. A lot of people are getting injured. A lot of people are just underperforming. Uh, so be on the lookout. You need to be up to date on your fantasy teams if you're, you know, if you're playing. Uh, don't just assume that I said it a couple weeks ago and it's probably set. Your guy might be injured that you have put in. Your guy also might have a really tough matchup this week. Who knows? Um, there have been a lot of upsets, and I'm excited to get onto those, but we'll do that in a minute. Um, last piece. For, oh, sorry. Last, oh, last bit here. I was just going to bring up our fantasy league. I don't know if you were about to, but. No, no, I was just going to say uh, there's a couple of quarterback matchups, um, depending on how deep you are or not. Um, yes. Kirk Cousins versus Detroit. That'll be a good matchup. Uh, I'd even argue, uh, you know, Zach Wilson versus Atlanta. Good one. Uh, obviously, oh, yeah. Mac Jones in Houston. Uh, you know, it's another strong one. Um, Justin Fields, though, Las Vegas. Um, I'd, I'd have I to argue. Not. Yeah, that's that's a rough one to have to pick. Um, and it also kind of goes to the week he just had. Yeah, and so it's, it's it, it also goes the same way, kind of for the defenses there. Um, you know, like New England at Houston. Obviously, if you have New England, you know, you should be pretty solid. Uh, the Houston defense, you know, they can they can be strong sometimes, but I mean, it's just it's I feel like it's a no contest. Uh, Mac Jones just went out and showed us, you know, uh, against what Tampa Bay against Buccaneers defense. Yeah. Yeah. So, I mean, that's that's a, that, uh, you know, so there's uh, there's some pieces there uh, like Baltimore and Indy, uh, arguably two pretty good defenses. Um, but going head to head. And I mean, that's I, I, I'm personally picking the Baltimore defense this week to stuff Indy, but uh, I mean, that's, you know. I'm also going to add Josh Allen and Patrick Mahomes holders. You're in for a rough week. These guys could go and get 40 points this week, or they could both be really low scores because this is going... Josh Allen will most likely have more points fantasy-wise than Patrick Mahomes just because Buffalo's defense is, is better. Um, but boy, you're in for a rough one this week if you've got any of those players because they this is going to be a really tough game. And obviously, you know, I think it'll be a decently high scoring game, but just watch for the fact that it's going to be tough on both sides of the ball. Uh, so defensive wise, your players might get shut down a little bit. So don't expect them to do much better than projection, um, if at all. So another big warning there. But, I mean, as for our fantasy league, our fantasy league is insane. Um, I mean, I, I can't even really, like, think about how just crazy it is. Um, we've been having upsets. We've been having guys that started out hot that are not anymore. Um, for example, CD's Nuts uh, in our league was looking super hot. He was going, you know, looking to go undefeated for a really long time. And then now he's on a two loss streak. Uh, my wife is still undefeated, which is insane. Um, I think Michael, we have the hardest division. I know the other division yeah, looks I, like I the exact same. It. 
Well, no. So the our division is definitely harder because your wife uh, is four and zero. Adam's family is two and two. Uh, so they're sitting at five hundred, and then you and I are sitting at two fifty at one and three. But then in the other division, Hayden, who we had on our show last week, is three and one. So he's sitting at seven fifty. Uh, then CD and the uh, Austin are both sitting at 500, and then uh, Aston Ask. is sitting with us at one and three at 250. Yeah. Um, so you know, there's there's been a little bit more mix up there to have, you know, an extra win come in. Um, but I mean, yeah, it's I did specifically make our our division a little bit tougher uh, yes. for a reason. Um, but I mean, it's it's I mean, it's still early. Um, so obviously I hit the early end of the injuries, which sucked. Uh, but I mean, it's a long season, what, 17 games. Yeah. I mean, it'll, it's going to be very interesting, um, with that, you know, with, with all the injuries that have happened, I mean, we're so early with the top guys. I mean, we're bound to see a few more. So, I mean, that could really affect us. Uh, especially in our league with it being so close, you know, sometimes you, you have the guys, you know, the in each division that are undefeated. And then you have, you know, it's thrown out pretty, pretty evenly, but I mean, ours is such tight races that we, you know, one week can make a difference. Um, I will say though, from myself, my wife, my buddy Hayden and Austin, we all agree that the playoffs should be up to six teams instead of four, just to make it longer because a four team playoff is not as fun because it goes by way too quick. Um, but that's four of us saying that it should be that way. Um, we think it'd be a lot more fun that way. But obviously, we can talk about that later. But I wanted to mention that to you because I've been forgetting to bring it up. And yeah, I know I just, Austin will get mad at me if I forget. Yeah, it's it's just set that way because I left it literally how ESPN sets it. Yeah. So if you can change it, I think we should. I think it'd be I, more interesting to not allow the two worst players. But I, I no don't know. Yeah, I don't know if I can change it midseason. I'll have to look yeah, into I mean, that, but we yeah, need to, uh, but. yeah, we need to move on to the, the recap of the first four games. Um, yes. so Jacksonville and Cincinnati, um, honestly, I mean, you know, I was obviously somewhat happy, uh, you know, cause we kind of talked about how I'm not a Trevor Lawrence fan. So it was, you know, it's definitely fun to see Cincinnati Same win. Oh, um, yeah. But I mean, you know, sure, it came within three points. But I mean, like aside from that, I I wasn't just blown out of the water. Um, I mean, Joe Burrow's looking solid, which is you know fantastic. Um, because I, I'm a big big Burrow fan, so got to be happy there. Yes, I uh, I'm a I'm a huge Burrow fan. Um, I just I I was very shocked that the game was going the way it did uh, at the start, you know, through halftime, but. I will say the Bengals know how to pull off games and they know how to do it. Bro knows how to come back and especially not lose to Trevor Lawrence. So I think that's pretty cool that Burrow is two and zero against Trevor Lawrence in his life. So that's pretty cool. Um, but yeah, so Cincinnati came out with that win um, with, with T Higgins being out, Tyler Boyd is doing a lot more, but with T Higgins coming back, uh, Tyler Boyd will drop to that third, you know, wide receiver spot, but it's only going to give Joe Burrow more to, to to work with. And so that'll be huge for them coming up um, in this next week that we'll talk about tomorrow, but it'll be huge for them to be able to do, to have their three receivers all healthy. Um, so 
Would you be surprised uh, next, if I told you that uh, Joe Burrow was the third best quarterback last week? This week? Last week. Well, this, the week that we're recapping. Oh, yeah, week yeah. Four. The, the week that we're recapping. Yeah. Um, not really. I mean, the only, it wasn't it wasn't a great week for for quarterbacks, really. So the only the only <laughs> the only shocked. two quarterbacks who did better were Jalen Hurts, um, against and Kansas City, which Daniel was Jones. Yeah, Daniel Jones. Uh, yeah. which I got to be <laughs> honest, Daniel Jones doing four hundred and two yards against New Orleans, uh, and you know, and going to overtime. Yeah, I mean that was that was absolutely crazy. I, I yeah, and I I don't want to you know spoil that too early, but I mean you know it's just. That's that's just absolutely nuts. I you know if we if we if you told me that that was going to happen before the season, I would have told you that you're crazy. Yeah, I mean Daniel Jones really really whipped out his name, Danny Dimes. You know, uh, but obviously we'll get there later. But no, it, this was a rough week for for QBs having only five go over 300 yards, which is not it's not common to have such elite quarterbacks that we have in our you know in our league right now and only see five being over you know 300 yards that's kind of crazy uh because one of the people for example that did not go above 300 is josh allen uh and neither did patrick mahomes so it's just one of those things that you know you just you well, look at and you think defense, wow that is crazy so, yeah defense yeah. defense can be a big deal which obviously uh yeah, I mean it's it's definitely a factor, which which almost leads me to the, in our next matchup, Washington and oh, Atlanta. Yeah. Uh, I game. mean, you know, where we all thought Washington was going to have a crazy defense this year, um, and not to say that Atlanta is bad, because I mean they're not obviously, but at the same time, it's just kind of one of those deals. Uh, you know, if your defense doesn't show up, you know, it's how you end up with a three point game which, you know, for the fans is great because, you know, people love seeing things come down to the wire, but uh, I mean, it's just proof that defense can absolutely win games. And uh, I I kind of want to know what's going on down there in Atlanta. Uh, you know, Corderell Patterson, you know, he, uh, he went off. Um, yeah, I mean, um, Corderell Patterson went off. Uh, he is a really good running back slash wide receiver, whatever. You decide to call him. He did start out as a wide receiver, but teams are using him as a running back. Doesn't matter. Um, but yeah, I mean, Atlanta is struggling because of Matt Ryan. Matt Ryan is struggling. I sincerely believe, you know, to my heart, Big Ben and Matt Ryan will retire at the end of the season because they are not playing hot, and there's no way that teams are going to want to stick with them, and they're not going to want to sit on the second, you know, in the second position uh, at the end of their career. You know, so there's no point in staying. Even though you're making millions, they can go off and do other things, better things. So uh, Washington uh, played huge defense at the end of the game where it really mattered, and they came out with the win. Uh, ultimately, Atlanta could not stop Washington. They struggled to start, but once they got going, they got going, and Atlanta could not stop it, and they made the comeback. They got ahead, and they won the game. Uh, so it was a crazy like fourth quarter to watch. Um, but, I mean, again, what can you do? Uh, Atlanta struggles. They've struggled ever since they lost the Super Bowl and lost that twenty-eight to three. Yes, I'm going to bring it back, bring it up constantly because I'm a Pats fan. But Atlanta has never been the same since, and they got to fix it. And I think the problem is Matt Ryan, Matt Ryan, and their defense. If they can fix those two things, they'll be solid. So we'll see how that goes from there. But uh, Taylor Heineke is killing it. So good job to him stepping in big when Ryan Fitzpatrick goes out and he's going to continue to do huge things. Um, but on to our next game. 
I mean, could, could I know we didn't do our prediction episode, but I don't think we would have predicted this game going any differently. Uh, Davis Mills, you know, he's he's young. He's not going to be able to take on a team like the Buffalo Bills and really do well. And we saw that, you know, he really struggled. Uh, and Josh Allen put up 40 points against, you know, against the struggling Houston Texans. And, you know, sadly, Davis Mills is getting thrown through the ring of fire with these first couple of games he's got to play. But he's coming out to play and he's doing really, really well at trying, uh, you know, to fill that position that that was lost because Deshaun Watson doesn't want to play. And then Tyrod or yeah, Tyrod Taylor gets well, injured. I don't, I don't think it's so, not that Deshaun Watson doesn't want to play. I mean, I'm, I'm pretty sure oh, no, he does point, not want to play. Well, he said he does not want to play for the Texans. Well, I know he doesn't want to play for the Texans. Right. I know that. But I'm saying like when they're at this point, though, I mean, like, obviously, you know, he wants to play football in general, you know, because otherwise you just retire. But uh, I mean, you know, I I feel like if they told him like, hey, look, we need you, you you know, uh, and they were able to to keep, you know, he was able to keep Houston in it, uh, you know, they might be more willing to to try to make a you know, trade to help out versus. You know, right now, yeah, Davis Mills is, is not a great quarterback, but it's an organization-wide problem in Houston. Yeah, I'm uh, not blaming Davis Mills at all. Yeah, I think no, I'm he's just doing saying, good for the situation he got thrown into. Yeah, it's just, uh, it's it's definitely unfortunate. Um, and it's just one of those things, Houston will figure it out or they won't, but, I mean, how long can you be in an organization if you don't want to figure it out? Uh, yeah. So, I mean, but, yeah, but I mean, which brings up almost the next game, too, though, like Detroit, Detroit, uh, I just I feel like they don't they don't care. It seems like they haven't cared in a little while. And uh, what were you, yeah, these. You say? Sorry, I mean, yeah, this Detroit Chicago game it was an absolute trash fest. Um, the Bears, Justin Fields is still struggling. He's not doing awesome. Um, you know, he he looked a little bit better than the week before, but he's still not doing amazing things. Um, you know, but it's better than better than Andy Dalton. Sadly, um, and so you know the Chicago Bears are trying to figure it out with Justin Fields, and you know they did. They won the game, uh, twenty-four to fourteen. But the Lions looked really close the week before against the Ravens. They looked like they were really going for it, and it just seems like that record kicking, like that record kicked, record breaking field goal kick. There we go. Uh, really, just put them down in the dumps. Uh, you know because things like that only really happen to the lions it's really sad but i mean the detroit lions just got to figure it out i know that they don't have tyrell williams you know arguably their top wide receiver but they need some more star power to help out jared goff uh jared goff is a good qb but he needs a supporting cast around him that's what he had at the rams and that's why he looked so amazing but then you know there's just some problems and stuff with him and and uh sean mcveigh and so they split ways and Jared Goff has to figure it out with his teammates. He can't just throw it to TJ Hawkinson. Uh, he can't just throw it to Jamal Williams. And he can't just hand the ball off to DeAndre Swift, who's still trying to break away and, and break so many tackles when the, when the O-line is not helping stop that D-line that's always rushing through. So if they can figure that out, they can get some more targets for... Um, for Jared Goff, they won't be such a struggling team, but it seems like at this point they're just aiming to get a, a high draft pick in that first round to get a get a star wide receiver or even you know a star O lineman. But we'll we'll see what happens. But 
you know, Detroit really could have beaten the Chicago Bears team uh, after getting so close to beating the Ravens uh, the week before. So uh, it, it's really sad to see that the Lions look like they aren't. They don't care, like you said. So, and uh, I think we have time for one more before we go to break. So that would be uh, Carolina, Dallas. Uh, I got to tell you, man, that was uh, honestly, in my opinion, probably one of the most interesting games of the week, honestly, um, just because Dallas was firing on all cylinders offensively, defensively. Uh, you know, they definitely they looked good, um, which almost kind of begs the question of, do you think Dallas is going to crumble at some point this year? Um, they always do. Right. So, uh, but sometimes, do. sometimes though, it doesn't happen until, well, I, I don't want to say sometimes it doesn't happen until they, they normally look pretty strong sometimes during the season and then they have their postseason crumble particularly. Yeah. Um, I mean, which normally comes to green Bay, you know, that's, yeah, <laughs> that's always a big deal. But do you, I mean, do you think they're gonna, do you think they're gonna have a strong season and then have a postseason crumble? Do you think they're just going to go downhill at some point this season and then not even make postseason so i definitely think that with michael gallup out it's gonna affect him um ezekiel elliott even though he looked really explosive this week um i definitely feel like there's still a problem with him you know not not in terms of being injured but he just still is not that he's guy we used to see yeah but i mean even when they try to utilize him i mean he's just getting stuffed and not getting out I mean, he had 143 yards against Carolina, who arguably has a pretty good defense. So, I mean, it's I yeah, yeah. It's it, it brings um, hope at least if you're a Cowboys fan. It does, it does. Um, but you know, it's just one of those things that like, cow the Cowboys have a tough schedule coming up uh, for the rest of the season. Obviously, they are in the easiest division to get out of in the NFC and the entire NFL. Um, so, will they go to the playoffs? more than likely the only team that's going to compete with them is washington uh the only way i can well, really see them going and not making the playoffs is because washington and giants can just pull off those wins against the cowboys later on in the season and just destroy their divisional record enough to keep them out of it that would really be the only way um but you know they don't have cowboys don't really play enough hard teams to really destroy their record enough unless they get injured because then it will, yes, cause them to lose way more games than they probably should, because they're playing a lot of easy teams this year. I mean, I, I will say, though, I think the other team that would, I think, could give a run for the money is is going to end up being uh, the Eagles. And the only reason I say that is because the Eagles had kind of, you know, they started week one against the Falcons, uh, and then they played the 49ers, the Cowboys, the Chiefs. Then they've got to play the Panthers, the Bucks, the Raiders, um, and then the back end of their schedule, I think, opens up a bit more for them to get some wins because they got to play the Giants, the Jets, Washington, um, the Giants again, Washington, and then the Cowboys. So between some of those games, I mean, obviously, you know, like you said, you know, Washington is a tough team, um, at least offensively. I would say the Eagles could have a chance with some of their games. Uh, I mean, especially with how Jalen Hurts has looked. Now, that's not to say that the the, the Eagles couldn't, you know, grow in some uh, in some spots. Uh, but I mean, I I think that would be the second best team within the NFC East to compete against the Cowboys with Washington. That's the only team I'm gonna I'm gonna disagree with is just because 
you know, so can we agree that the NFC West is probably the hardest division in the NFL right now? The NFC West? NFC West. So the Cardinals, the Rams, the 49ers, and the Seahawks. Can we argue, can we argue like together that that's probably the hardest division? I This season, I would agree with you. I think it is. Okay. Historically, I, I would say the NFC South is, well, not historically because, well, well, last season. Not anymore now, yeah. Last season. Well, I mean, if if the Saints can figure out their woes between the Bucks and the Panthers, I mean, that's that's we'll arguably see. also. I mean, so, so you know, so we're going to go with NFC West, right, is the hardest teams, you know, the biggest, baddest teams probably, you know, making it the hardest division. I, I, in, in, um, whereas in the NFC, NFC East is just the weakest teams in the NFC yeah. trying to make it out. And so it's tough in that way. You know, it's a lot of bad teams trying to prove themselves. You know, you've got like, these are good teams. Like they're good teams. They just don't know how to finish games. Um, the Cowboys know how to finish games up until midway through the season. And then either injury arises or they just decide not to play anymore. And then they just lose every game. Um, whereas the Giants, Injury kills them every year. Somebody always goes out with something. Well, they uh, got two also, down right now. So exactly. So I mean, they're already starting. Um, and then they just they just start to struggle because of that. Um, and then you've got Washington football team, which is is on the rise, right? Ever since they became the Washington football team, they have gotten a lot better. Not because the name change helped them or anything, but um, you know, Taylor Heineke is he's doing awesome, and they've got Terry McLaurin. They've got Curtis Samuel, who's going to start making a, an impact. But Logan Thomas being out will affect them as well. Uh, and then as for the Eagles, obviously, they, they've got a solid team. Uh, they've probably got the next best team after the Cowboys. It's just can Nick Sirianni figure it out and get it to work out for them? Um, but yeah, it'll be interesting to see who comes out of that NFC East. Um, not because they're all good teams, but because they're all such good, bad teams. Um, and so it'll be interesting to see how that all plays out, uh, in the final week. So, um, but yeah, I mean, Dallas Carolina, it was a really good game. The score doesn't look like it was as close as it was for most of the, for most of the game. I think it was really the third quarter, right? The third quarter that kind of just really, yeah, the third quarter Dallas put up 20 points, which the Panthers were unable to answer in that quarter. And then they tried, uh, the next quarter, but then you know, just didn't put up enough points uh, in that fourth quarter to really get ahead and secure that, that win. But I will say, you know, at least they lost their undefeated, you know, record to a team that's actually good, um, you know, right now. So I don't feel bad about that one. So good on them, you know, good on the Cowboys for being able to finish the game. Uh, Dak Prescott for not giving the ball away too many times and losing it and, you know, giving Panthers too many chances to get the ball, but they were able to finish. They were able to score on a lot of their drives, and that's good for them. So if they keep doing that and they don't get injured, they should be the team that leaves that, that NFC East, and uh, we'll see how they, how well they can do in the, in the playoffs. Yeah, let's go to a short break real quick, and then uh, when we come back, we'll finish out the rest of the games. All right, thanks for sticking with us through that break. And we left off uh, talking about Carolina and the Cowboys. But to bring us back in, Indy and Miami. Uh, I got to be honest, uh, I don't think I was, I mean, I, I wasn't surprised by Indy beating Miami, uh, especially with Tua out. Uh, 
just one of those pieces. Uh, Miami doesn't really have it together in a sense that, you know, their backup can just come in and, you know, kind of, you know, walk away with it by any means. Um, Jacoby Brissett, I mean, you know, he did good. He threw for almost 200 yards. He had two touchdowns, but it's just, I, I just don't think it's there. Uh, Miami had two turnovers. Uh, they were lacking in the first down departments. They only had 13 as opposed to Indy's 20. Um, just, you know, they're going to have to pick it up or uh, hope that he comes back sooner rather than later so they can get Jacoby Brissett back on the bench. Yeah, I mean, it. I know we didn't have our, you know, regularly scheduled prediction episode. Um, we got really busy at the, you know, at the midpoint of last week. And then at the end of the week, I got super busy. And so it it just didn't happen. So it's really hard for us to say, like, oh, yeah, this is exactly what I expected. And, you know, our audience not know that, yes, this is exactly what we thought. Um, you know, but I don't think anybody could have honestly said Jacoby Brissett would take him to that, you know, to that win. Uh, I know in the episode that we recorded last, which was like the recap of week three, um, I know that we talked about the upcoming game. I know I brought it up and I said, look, Jacoby Brissett's not going to do well enough the next game to get him that win. And that's exactly what happened. I will say Jacoby Brissett did lead them on like a fourth quarter attempt at a comeback. They got really close, but you know, no cigar. So it's, it sucks, but Miami's going to keep having these woes until they get a real QB in there uh, who can, who can do the work because the players that they have built around their current QB situation, they're not good enough to, to fix and correct the mistakes that their QBs are going to make to ultimately get them the points they need to win the game. So uh, sucks for them, but you know, that's what happens when you lose one of your starting players, especially at the QB situation. Uh, or QB position, uh, that situation will always hurt you. Uh, so uh, that's pretty much it for that game. Um, Cleveland and Minnesota. Uh, so since we didn't get to talk about it, I I thought this was going to be a very interesting, uh, a very, I thought it was going to be a high scoring game. But wow, was this game just hard to watch. Um, I don't know if I should say it was a lot of defense or a lot of really bad offense. Uh, it looks like both teams were struggling, which we know the Vikings usually struggle and then somehow make their way into the playoffs. Um, you know, some you know some years they have good years and whatever, but Cleveland's been killing it, and they just did not look awesome. You know, they did not look like they were their best, uh, like they did against the Chiefs, or like they did uh, two weeks ago, I believe. I can't remember who it was. Um, you know, but it's just one of those things, you know, you, we hoped for a better game against, you know, Kirk cousins and Baker Mayfield. We didn't get it. Uh, the Browns came away with the win, which I expected. Uh, I would have said that in our, in our episode, but you know, I definitely thought it was going to be a higher scoring game. At least both teams above 20 points, maybe even 30. Uh, I thought this is the game that we'd see Kirk cousins finally go off and make it really close and, and make it really interesting. Like he did against uh, the Cardinals, but didn't happen. Uh, so I was kind of disappointed in this game, but I'm glad that Cleveland was able to pull it off because as long as we keep the Steelers out of the playoffs, I'm happy um, because it's just, I want to see new teams make it uh, and do some cool things. So I like Cleveland as a team and I think they're going to keep doing well, but well, yeah. I think, I think in this game, uh, Baker Mayfield, I mean, not that he, you know, not that he didn't do good. I mean, he was 15 for 33 on 155 yards, but 
he you know they he just i don't know i, I don't think he performed i i feel like they were a little bit banged up uh nick chubb tried to you know he did his best he you know he banged out 100 yards on 21 carries and then the opposite side of the field for that were you know i i agree with you i, I would have said you know cleveland would win uh but the the hard part there for the vikings is dalvin cook uh, especially fantasy wise, you know, he did nine carries for 34 yards and, uh, he's just, he's just not really performing. And I think that's rough. Yeah. Uh, and then, you know, you go to look at, uh, you know, Justin Jefferson, you know, he's, he's trying to hold it together there. Adam Thielen, you know, also trying to hold it together. Uh, you know, Conklin even, uh, you know, came out four receptions on 18 you know they're they're all trying to to make it happen but it just it wasn't quite you know working for them and then on the opposite side of the ball things looked a little bit slower this week uh kareem hunt you know still uh still got some you know some uh receiving targets uh you know he looked good on the on the rushing end too um so i don't know i mean it's just uh i feel like this was kind of an off week um and it, it seems like it's been that way just a little bit lately uh, where, you know, we, we saw some interceptions, uh, not this, the week that we're covering, but the week before that, you know, yeah, it was the week of a lot of interceptions and stuff and just, just I don't know, turnovers, I think, yeah. yeah. And so I think, I think in this one, uh, again, I, I would have said Cleveland probably would win, but 14 to seven as a final score. I mean, that I, I wouldn't have predicted that I, I would have guessed like, you know, 34, 27 or something to that extent um maybe you know or even you know 34 21 just because cleveland's defense has looked okay they've they've made some careless penalties this year but um yeah. you know they, they they seem to figure it out quite well so uh but yeah that was a weird one and in a, the next game new york and new orleans uh i wouldn't i wouldn't have predicted this i so it's funny so i participate in bleacher reports like perfect picks thing uh, and one of their prompts for the Sunday slate games was, uh, you know, which un how many undefeated teams or how many no win teams were going to win this week? And I said three. I said three out of the four were going to do it. Uh, that leaves me with the Lions, the Giants, the Jets, and the flip. I forgot who it was. Um, I just drew a fat blank. Who is the last team that is? Oh, my gosh. Dude, dude, who is the team that pulled off a win finally? I can't remember. But oh no, well those are the th no. I can't remember. I don't know. Whatever. I got. I got. I got. Oh, Indianapolis. There we go. I forgot that they were. Oh, and whatever. Oh, and three. Um, you know. So it was interesting seeing New York actually do it. Um, I thought it would be the Colts, the Lions, and the Giant or the Jets or the the Giants. Sorry. Yes, yeah, so I guess it was them. But. It was wild. Um, the Giants came out to play. Daniel Jones especially came out to play. And, you know, Jameis Winston didn't do super awesome. Taysom Hill, however, kept him in that game. Taysom Hill is the sole reason that the Saints even stayed in that game uh, with his two two rushing touchdowns. Um, but, yeah, uh, the Saints are still struggling. They need Michael Thomas back. Uh, they need to figure out what's going on on defense. That's just not allowing them to stop teams as much uh, in important situations. Um, but yeah, I mean, it was a very interesting game. 
I did not think it was going to be like this uh, for sure, but it was it was nice to see the Giants pull off pull off a good win against the Saints. Uh, I think that's huge for the Giants to show that they can win against a real team, and uh, hopefully they'll look forward to the next week and try to build on that. Did you I talk to Austin? Um. Yes, I did. Uh. So Austin was. He was shocked. Um, he was really shocked that that they lost to the Giants, but at the same time, he also like you know he knows his team is struggling. Uh, we talked a lot more about Taysom Hill because we're both BYU fans. So anytime we see you know our BYU players do super awesome things, we're like, hey yo, look look, this is so cool. Um, you know, but it it was very surprising um, to see that Jameis Winston is still super struggling. Um, me and him See, both I, talked about a little bit about Taysom Hill maybe taking over eventually if James Winston keeps struggling because uh, Sean Payton does not play games. And so, uh, but yeah, I mean, I think we were both shocked at the fact that Giants were really able to pull a quick win like this in overtime. See, I, I, I would have to say I, I agree with you on the New Orleans front for Taysom Hill. My big thing is I feel like New Orleans kind of did Taysom dirty. Because, you know, oh, yeah. he, he said he wanted to be a quarterback uh, and he was only going to resign at the middle of the starter. Then Jameis Winston comes in. And I get it, you know, at least in preseason and kind of everything that was going on and, um, you know, whatnot. Taysom just didn't look as good as Jameis in some aspects. Uh, and then here, when it actually counts, he's looking a lot better. And so, yeah, I mean, well, it makes me it, it makes me question. um how 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 many chances do you give Jameis before, before you give it over to Taysom? And yeah. it also kind of makes me wonder that like you, now now we've seen um where you know just Jameis doesn't look real strong. Um and I mean I get it. So, you know, he was able to you know, it was a close game, but at the same time, it also just kind of makes me wonder like how long can you realistically let Jameis continue to do this uh, and not get the wins. And if you're not going to actually ever make Taysom a starter, if you don't keep Jameis, then are you actually going to let him go or give him a, you know, a trade that he wants? Yeah. Um, I mean, it's a rough situation there. I think, I think this is starting to prove that Jameis Winston is not cut out to be in the NFL. He struggled super bad at the Buccaneers. And then he got that surgery, whatever that LASIK or whatever for his eyes. Uh, and then he did super well in the preseason when it doesn't matter. But now that it's matters, he he's not doing anything. Uh, they rolled over the Packers that were, you know, not the Packers. Uh, they kind of looked like the Lions that week. Um, but ever since then, they've really, really struggled. And it just it just comes to show. I don't think Jameis will get more than two or three more games before they're like, uh yeah you know what Taysom Hill looked way better the last couple weeks we're gonna let him try it out um granted I know that that you know the team is struggling as a whole but still Taysom Hill is looking a lot better every time he gets out there than Jameis Winston does and you know at least for a fan's sake of Taysom Hill I want him in more so than James Winston because I also hate James Winston but well so that's the other that's the other gripe I have and it's not with Taysom Hill or James Winston but I really wish, fantasy-wise, uh, they would figure out what they're going to do with Taysom Hill. 
Because you know, like yeah. if if he if he's not going to be a quarterback, I would like to see him be able to like be able to option him to a flex and get any points that he gets, and not as the quarterback. Yeah, they did that last year, and they quickly realized that was a really bad idea uh, because he came in that that one game that they were going to let him uh, be QB slash tight end slash whatever, and they gave him all the points that he got, and he scored a ton of points. Uh, so they're not going to well, do it again. What I mean is uh, like, because if you, well, so the way that I'd like to see them format it would be if you put him in the flex position, he doesn't get the quarterback points. If you put him in a quarterback, he doesn't get the flex points. So if he comes in as a running back or a tight end or wide receiver and he's in the flex position, then he gets those points, but not the, the points as a quarterback. Well, I think if you put him in the QB position, I think as long as he's getting, you know, I don't know. I think if you put him in his QB and he gets whatever points he gets, I think he should get all of them. But if he's in the flex, he should not get those passing touchdowns, those passing yards that a QB would get. I don't think that would be fair. But if he's a QB, you know, you obviously can't control your, you know, your your system to account for the fact, hey, did Taysom Hill start out in the QB position and then they flea flickered him into the end zone, you know? Uh, so I think he should get all the points he should get if he's in the QB position. Because you're taking a big bargain on him already. Um, but then, you know, if he's flexed, then do that. But I don't know. They'll probably leave it the same. He'll stay as a QB. Um, and unless he gets QB1, you know, don't pick him up. But, um, yeah. Anyway, I don't know. That was It was an interesting game. Uh, you know, it was a good game. Um, solid to watch New York be who New York is. Um, now, in the state of New York, they probably cried uh, the fact that both of their teams could win the Tennessee Titans and the New York Jets. I would never, ever, ever have thought that the New York Jets with a rookie QB and the team that they've been, you know, building, you know, obviously they're in a build year. Um, I don't want to say they're struggling because any team building is going to struggle. Um, but wow, did the Jets come out to play? Um, remember the one thing that I said about Zach Wilson that he's got to stop doing in order for them to start winning games? Well, yeah, he, he definitely limited the amount of interceptions he had. Yeah, I mean, let's see. Hold on. I got to pull up the stats exactly. He only threw one compared yeah. to the weeks before where he's thrown three, four, five. Um, to see that, that's huge. I mean, that's huge growth for a for a rookie. Um, you know, it's only taken him four weeks to figure out, hey, I need to time my throws better. I need to stop throwing stupid passes, just get a couple yards by my feet or just run out or throw it away. Uh, and he did a lot better. Uh, the team as a whole looked better. The defense showed out. The offense came back with Jamison Crowder and just absolutely obliterated it, uh, you know, Really, they just meshed. It seemed like there was that communication that you have with the teams that win constantly. You know, you have that communication. You know what you're supposed to be doing. And the Jets did it. They did it. And the Titans are still struggling at the wide receiver position. They didn't have Julio or A.J. Brown. Uh, Derrick Henry really couldn't get a ton going, even though he got 157 yards. It didn't seem like he was making the impact that he was supposed to be making. You know, with 157 yards, you're expecting like, constant breakthroughs tons of yards no he just got tons of carries because you know who are you gonna throw to you don't have anybody if your top two right receivers are out so um well the one thing is so the, uh, yeah, i'm glad the jets got their win uh, especially because you're a big fan of zach wilson but i will say when you look at the team stats though 
New York should not have won. Uh, when you look at the total yards, Tennessee had 430 to New uh, to the Jets, uh, 355. The Jets oh, yeah. had the only turnover. Uh, Tennessee had 30 first downs to the Jets, 16. And uh, the Tennessee dominated at 40 minutes and 42 seconds of time of possession to the Jets, 29 minutes. Uh, so just one of those things. I think what really that comes down to is uh, the Jets, you know, especially in the second half is is when they, you know, their their comeback started to happen. I don't know if Tennessee started to to let up, um, you know, wh- or what was going on there. But I mean, it just that's that's kind of when it started to crumble for them. And then uh, good, you know, clock management going on with the Jets and, you know, time managing and, and just being able to get two touchdowns. I don't want to say quickly, but, rel- you know, relatively quickly. Uh, where Jamison Crowder uh, got the three-yard pass after having uh, a long catch from uh, Zach Wilson, uh, and then Corey Davis, of course, coming in. Um, so it's just kind of one of those things that I, I don't think uh, New York should have won, but obviously when you can get your first one of the season uh, and you limit those interceptions, uh, you know, good things happen. Yeah, I mean, it's one of those things where you don't expect it. Uh, you definitely don't think it's going to happen. And, you know, you can have a lot of yards. Uh, you can have the ball a lot of the time. But if you can't score, you're not going to win. And sadly, you know, obviously the Jets did not put a, a single point in the first quarter. But the Titans really struggled that first three quarters. Uh, you know, they kicked a field goal in the first quarter. Then the rest of this quarter, they didn't do anything. Second quarter, they kicked two more field goals. And the Jets were actually able to put up the first touchdown of the game. And then, just to top it off, the Titans didn't score anything in the third quarter while the Jets were able to put up some more points. Uh, it's just one of those things where you can't win games if you can't score or get in the red zone, red zone at least, to kick a field goal. Uh, and that's one of the things that killed the Titans. Uh, they just couldn't finish. They couldn't get uh, get those necessary points and yards in the red zone, and that's what hurt them in the end. Um, you know, But good job to New York. Titans, obviously, they've got to clean it up. Uh, we've got a special guest coming next week to talk about the Titans, so... That'll be really interesting to hear from him, um, you know, but we'll see, um, you know, but the next game, uh, I definitely thought this was going to be not not a close game, but I thought it would be interesting. And it, and it was. Uh, but the Chiefs and the Eagles, um, the score came out to be about what I thought it would be. Um, but man, Kansas City really looked like they were struggling at first, but then they found the rhythm and the Eagles lost whatever rhythm they had. Uh, they really kind of fell apart until until the end, and they started kind of picking it back up, but it's not fast enough. You've got to be playing four-quarters football to be playing against these teams like the, like the Chiefs, uh, these Super Bowl teams. You've got to play four quarters in, in order to win. Yeah, I mean, this, this game for me, I mean, it was just, I mean, I'm sure if you're a Kansas City fan, you know, you're, you're a Philly fan, you were probably, you know, having a good time watching this and you know, I'm battling it out and everything. Uh, but for me not really a fan of either team. It was just kind of, nah, I don't know. I mean, it, it, it's whatever. Uh, I don't really have much to say about the game. Honestly. I mean, Jalen hurts, you know, he put up some yards, which is, you know, absolutely great. Tyreek Hill went off, but I mean, uh, it's just kind of one of those games where I was like, all right, you know, I've, you know, I flipped through and watched it a little bit, but it wasn't, uh, it wasn't a primary for me. Yeah. it, It was one of those games that was, you know, it was interesting to see that the, the Eagles looked like they were staying in it, and then they, you know, the Chiefs obviously broke away like the Chiefs do. But uh, yeah, it wasn't. 
it wasn't too interesting of a game. It seemed like a normal Chiefs game where they just can beat most of the teams easily. And I will say they got lucky stopping Jalen Hurts a few of the times because he was definitely close to getting them to catch up and score and things like that. But, uh, you know, in the end, Jalen Hurts still young. They've got a lot of figure out with some of these new, you know, some of these new players around like Devontae Smith. But he, I yeah. mean, he looks great for as new as he uh, as new to the league as he is. Um, oh yeah, no, oh, he's doing awesome. I, I will say though, uh, Arizona and the Rams. Um, I got to tell you, I mean, those are those are two teams that I think have a you know a, a playoff uh, Super Bowl ch- uh, chance. Obviously, oh, yeah. going into this, they were both three and zero. Um, Matthew Stafford, though, I mean, you know, he is really on that revenge tour that, you know, we desperately talk about, uh, and it's really good to, you know, even though he did end up losing to Arizona, who, I mean, you know, offensively, they're tough defensively, they're tough. And the same can be said about the Rams. Um, Mm -hmm. but I mean, just, you know, getting to come in and, and not be a part of that, you know, Lions team anymore. Uh, you know, it's definitely kind of, you know, breathed, I think, new life into him as a quarterback to, you know, be like, hey, look, now that I actually, you know, have a team that cares and, you know, you got Sean McVay, uh, you know, who, you know, I can't say enough good things about Stafford. I mean, it's just, uh, I think it's a good situation. And, uh, you know, even though they may have lost this week, I mean, they got, a, it, you know, again, you know, it's a long season and uh, they got some good games coming up. Uh, you know, they got to play against the Seahawks, which, you know, that that should be a close game and it'll be interesting. And then they got three, uh, three, four ish kind of easier games. They got the Giants who, I, you know, they should win. They got the yeah. Lions. They should easily win. You got Texas. They should oh, easily win. That'll be a huge revenge game. If you have Matthew Stafford, put him in fantasy week that week. Oh, he's going to kill it against the Lions. Well, I, I think Maybe. arguably any of these next four games, you could probably even do well because against the Titans. Oh, yeah. Uh, that Titans defense, I mean, they, they let up quite a bit of, you know, uh, air yards. And uh, I think it's just going to be one of those things the next four weeks. If you got Stafford, he's he's going to get some points. Yeah, no, I, they're these both these teams are killing it. And I was very excited to see this game. Uh, obviously, we didn't do the prediction. Who did you have before the game going in? Who are you the Rams. have coming out? Rams. Yeah, I had the Rams. Uh, but it's, it's one of those things. Uh, I really, you know, it was going to be a toss up no matter what. But it was just one of those things for me where it's just like Stafford, you know, I, I wanted him to do well. Um, you know, I, I wanted to see him, you know, get a win out of it just because every time you see him win now, you know, it's better than what, what was going on in Detroit for him. You know, so yeah. it was, it's it's kind of hard to be like, oh, well, you know, I don't, you know, I don't want well for him. Um, but yeah, it's it's it was one of those things that it was I had the Rams coming out of it. I definitely had it being a a three-point game for sure. Uh, I even thought this game would go into overtime. Uh, but yeah, I'm I'm very well shocked. Um, I Like I had said before at the beginning of the season, the Cardinals defense is, is here to play, and they fixed that problem. That was their only real problem from last year, and they fixed it, and they are killing it. And I do so, also want to point out two Texas quarterbacks, too. Two what oh two texas cornerbacks quarterbacks uh stafford uh played high school football for the highland park scots and then um uh, now i'm totally blanking his name kyler murray kyler murray Murray. uh yeah came out of uh texas as well dang yeah i mean texas produces good football players and i think everybody knows that but yeah that was an interesting game uh it was a lot of fun to watch um the rams and the cardinals are 
are probably going to top their division uh, in that NFC West, which is not what I thought at the beginning of the season. I thought it would be the Seahawks with the Rams with the Cardinals, but I'm not mad about what's going on. Sorry, Hayden. Um, but speaking of the NFC West, uh, both you know both uh, NFC or all of the NFC West teams played each other, so it was all a divisional week for them. Uh, the Seattle Seahawks played the San Francisco 49ers, and it looked really good for the 49ers. And then Jimmy G went down and Trey Lance came in and kind of stumbled for a little bit and the Seahawks found their rhythm. But hero of the game for the Seahawks was Russell Wilson. By and large, he was huge in that second half. He made every play count. He extended the plays. He was able to get off big throws, make those smart decisions that ultimately led them to win. And that's what they needed. Uh, they they were starting to struggle. They were starting to look really bad with the teams that they played so far. And they got lucky this week that they were able to catch a rhythm before the 49ers could with Trey Lance coming in uh, later in the game. And, you know, ultimately that's going to help you out. So, this, you know, the Seahawks pulled off the win and that's good for them. You know, San Francisco falls down to one and three. Uh, Seahawks can feel a little less pressure on being last in the division. Uh, but they're still two and two. They've got a lot of room to work uh, to, you know, to build back up and take over as, as one or two to get into that playoff spot. Well, San Francisco's two and two as well. No, I thought they were one and three. Mm-mm. Two and two. Oh, they are two and two. I was looking at another team, I think. But I mean, two and two. Whew, that's a lot of work. And that's a lot of danger. Uh, because as soon as Seattle has to start playing Cardinals and Rams, I don't think that they'll be able to beat them with how well they're doing so far. Um, the Cardinals are, they have a major chance to go, you know, undefeated because they've beaten the Rams as long as they can beat the Seahawks. I think that they could keep going. Um, the Packers will probably be one of their biggest tests, um, besides their divisional teams and the Cowboys at the end of their season. Um, but other than that is so far, they beat the hardest team in their division so far. And if they can do it again. I don't know if they'll lose to the 49ers, the Seahawks. So this might be the Cardinals' year to to come out on top of the NFC West. Well, I think for San Francisco, the other thing that you got to think about here is they've uh, they've had a running back situation kind of oh, similar yeah. to, to what's going on up in uh, going on up in uh, uh, Baltimore uh, and yeah, Maryland. Yeah, and uh, I mean that's just kind of a rough situation. And to have a rookie, you know, quarterback come in and you know he's still got some things to figure out. You know, it's definitely unfortunate. Uh, but, I mean, you know, Debo Samuel, absolutely. You know, he's he's going out there. He's still doing good. Uh, you know, San Francisco did have two turnovers, and Seattle didn't turn over the ball. So it's just it's kind of one of those pieces there where, um, you know, if you're San Francisco, the hope, though, is, you know, you, you are 2-2. Two and two. It's still better than being 0-4 like Jacksonville, 0-4, uh, you know, like Detroit. So it's just, you know, it's 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 you, the pieces are there. Uh, it's just how do you match it up and how do you get the confidence in Trey Lance? And um, I think it's also part of it is, uh, you know, it did happen kind of later in the game. So maybe Trey Lance wasn't as warm as you'd like him to be. Uh, and of course, you know, going in to play against Seattle, uh, it's going to be rough no matter what. I mean, you know, they, they are a good team uh, in any given Sunday. They're one of those teams that can put it together to get a win going. So, yeah, yeah, it's, this division, like we said, is going to be hard, uh, but both both Seahawks and the 49ers can can look forward, you know, 
hoping for these growth, you know, these growth points to come in. Uh, Seattle's a good team. They've just got to find their rhythm. Uh, I know they've got a new offensive coordinator, so it'll be interesting. Uh, and then the 49ers, you know, hopefully Jimmy G can stay in because I don't think Trey Lance is ready yet, even though a lot of people are like, oh, take out Jimmy G, put in Trey Lance. I don't think he's ready yet. Um, he's good, but he's not better than Jimmy G yet. And so wait, you do not want a rookie to take over and have happened to what's happened to the Jacksonville Jaguars and the Jets. Obviously, bad teams, you know, but you'd hate for your team now to go, you know, with the only two wins you had being early in the season, and then you just keep losing every week after that because now you wanted a rookie. And that's what rookies are good at, is learning. That's why they're rookies. So wait a minute. Let Jimmy G find his rhythm with this team. They're struggling with the running backs. It's not the QB situation. Wait. And then, you know, let's hope they find it. Um, you know, but uh, like you said, with the running back room, Baltimore, they're another struggling team, but they didn't struggle this week. No way. Uh, they played the Den they played the Denver Broncos and they absolutely smothered them. Uh, I think everybody thought Teddy Bridgewater was going to have a lot better of a game. He did not. The Ravens absolutely shut him down. Uh, and Denver offense looked non-existent. They kind of looked like the Denver offense we've been seeing the last couple of years ever since Peyton Manning retired. Um, so Denver Broncos fans, I'm sorry, but no, that 3-0 was not legit. You will continue to lose, and you probably will not make the play. Well, no, you will not make the playoffs. Not with the way that the Chargers, the Raiders, and the Chiefs obviously are playing. Um, but yeah, the that was not West a three and tough. I mean, it's it's a killer it division. Just just like we were talking about the NFC West. I mean, just the AFC West. They they know the how to West, kill it as the well. The West of the NFL is just super tough <laughs> this year. Yeah, it doesn't matter which conference. I mean, you know, Latavius Murray may have had a, a whole bunch of yards, but, he, you know, he still got a touchdown out of it. And, uh, you know, Marquise Brown, I mean, it's, it's hard not to like Hollywood there. I mean, you know, he, he you know, he plays a good game uh, and, he, and he makes those, uh, he, you know, makes the secondary have issues. So it's just kind of one of those pieces. I mean, if you're also, uh, if you're looking at, uh, at this game, I mean, Drew Locke also was the quarterback who threw an interception in this game. Uh, yeah. Melvin Gordon, you know, he had nine carries for 56 yards. Uh, so while it took him less yards, you know, to, to get, or it took him uh, less carries to get the 56 yards versus, you know, Latavius Murray had 19, but still was able to punch a, uh, a touchdown in there. Uh, Cortland Sutton, uh, you know, he's, he's the top target right now, uh, in Denver and, uh, you know, they, they definitely want Jerry Judy back, um. So it's just kind of one of those pieces. Denver, again, you know, they turned over the ball one time. Baltimore didn't turn it over. Uh, it's just one of those pieces, I think, as well, when you look at it. Um, you know, the, the Ravens are a tough team offensively and defensively. And the reason why I think Baltimore has, you know, one loss in their record is, you know, the whole injury to the running back situation uh, versus the Broncos you know, they're, they're not in a position like Houston or Detroit or Atlanta is, uh, but you definitely want more consistency out of a quarterback. And I think some, you know, the injury to Jerry Judy was a pivotal one. Um, and then, you know, Melvin Gordon trying to come back off of an injury. Uh, and then for a period of there, you know, Williams was the, you know, the lead back. And now they're kind of necessarily split time because Melvin Gordon still gets the majority of everything, but uh, you know, they're, they're still trying to figure some things out. And so I think Denver, if you're a fan, you know, uh, three and one, 
Uh, not, you know, not a bad start to the year, but against these tougher teams, um, as long as you don't have Jerry Judy and your quarterbacks being a little inconsistent uh, with kind of what's going on, I think it's going to be something that, you know, they need to look at and uh, they're going to have to decide long term uh, is, you know, are, is one of these guys capable or do we need to get somebody else? Yeah, I mean, it, it just sucks that Teddy Bridgewater got hurt, um, but yeah, the the Denver team's got to figure out their QB situation. Drew Locke, Teddy Bridgewater, they've got to prove themselves. They've got to stay consistent. Well, um, the consistency you know. for me with Bridgewater is just the fact that he's so injury prone. It just, you know, it's just, it's one of those things. It's kind of like Tom, or not Tom Brady, uh, uh, totally blank here right now, uh, Tony Romo. Um, you know, like, you, you know, he, he was good when he was healthy, right? Uh, and he was a little inconsistent, but, you know, just at the, at the later ends there, you know, he was just so injury prone. Uh, it's almost kind of like the Baylor Bears quarterback, RG3. He was good, but he had so many injuries that just nagged him and that constantly came back up and he was constantly getting hurt. That that's what I see in Bridgewater is just the inconsistencies in his health or being able to stay healthy, I think makes it a factor where it's like, I don't think you can rely on Drew Locke to be a great backup to Bridgewater just because, you know, Teddy's going to be down all the time, and I don't think Drew's just that guy. Yeah, I mean, yeah, it's it's tough. I mean, we'll see once Jerry Judy comes back how the team actually goes, but Drew Locke's got to step in, and he's got to be that guy until they can really figure it out, or, you know, hopefully he can figure it out. Um, you know, but the game went about as well as I, as I planned or as I thought, you know, I don't think the Broncos really deserved a three and zero start with the teams they played against. Yes, sure. They, you know, they beat the teams they should have, but I, other than that, they, they didn't have a real three and zero against actual hard teams. Um, so, you know, it's just one of those things you, you got to take it and it's sad, but whatever. Um, but on to the next game uh, with, you know, a, a, game of old of old qbs uh we got big ben and aaron Rodgers. uh the steelers and the packers i mean i did not expect the steelers to score as much as they did uh big ben is struggling so bad so so bad and mike tomlin has got to throw in a different qb granted their qb room is not that amazing uh, mason mace yeah mason rudolph uh struggles uh, ever since he got hit in the head by miles garrett i don't think he's <laughs> I think he's still scared to step out there because he always looks nervous. Um, and he just he just kind of plays scared. And then Dwayne Haskins, he just, he's a bust. Um, he really is. I don't think he's going to do well. I don't think he'll last long in the league as a starter. But, I mean, there's so there's not many options for Pittsburgh. So I think they're leaving Big Ben in because he's the best out of the three. Um, you know, but the Packers came away with the win. I, I couldn't have guessed it any other. It was kind of a boring game, in all honesty. I'm glad I missed a lot of it. There was not a lot happening, but I mean, yeah, I don't. Well, I think, I think the I issue know. here is like Juju Smith, you know, he's just, he didn't have a good game and uh, it's just kind of one of those pieces where I feel like, you know, he, he's going to have to step up a little bit. Uh, you know, McLeod, uh, you know, he just, he didn't have a good game and, uh, you know, Eric Ebron, you know, he didn't have a good get, you know, just a lot of these guys just got absolutely shut down, um, which just kind of sucks uh, if you're a Pittsburgh fan. 
Um, you know, Big Ben is definitely getting older. And like you said, I, I the confidence isn't really there, I guess, for either one of them. Uh, I, I guess, you know, they're going to have to make a decision. Do you draft? Do you make a trade at some point? Uh, what exactly do you do? And we know on the, you know, the Green Bay side, Aaron Rodgers isn't, isn't there long-term, you know, uh, hopeful either. So uh, both of these teams will have some decisions to make in the quarterback room. But at least for Green Bay, I mean, like, if you if you want consistency, I mean, you know, Randall Cobb, you know, like I said, uh, he had really good production, but I don't know how, you know, long-term, you know, he can be consistent. Um, but then, you know, you look at the rest of the guys, like, A.J. Dillon, you know, he has some good games that kind of, you know, pop up in there. Uh, Aaron Jones is always solid. Vontae Adams. Um, and, you know, it's it's one of those things, obviously, you know, and it's been mentioned by Aaron Rodgers where he said he doesn't like that Green Bay, uh, you know, he'll, he'll tell him, hey, I, I want this person. I want to be able to throw to them. And then they end up trading that person. Um, but, I mean, they, they've been, uh, you know, aside from the one game against New Orleans, they've been uh, – They've been doing good uh, to come back and win three straight. So, yeah, they they've been looking a lot better ever since that loss, like you said. Um, but yeah, I mean, the Packers got to keep just building, growing. Um, they probably will not be keeping Devonte Adams or Aaron Rodgers at the end of the season. But you know, it's just one of those things that they will have. Both of these teams will have to figure out what to do in the quarterback room uh, at the end of the season. So it'll be a rebuilding year for both of them. Uh, once these QBs are gone. So uh, it'll be very interesting. Um, now, the Sunday night game. This this was awesome. Um, you know, this was Tom Brady's return to New England. Uh, ticket prices were, you know, in the thousands of dollars. It was almost like trying to go to the Super Bowl or a playoff game. It was ridiculous how expensive it was to go. Um, you know, it was, it was very surprising. It you know, Bill Belichick threw everything in the defensive playbook uh, possible at Brady to try and really make it hard for him to read the defense. Uh, and, you know, Tom Brady did well. He didn't, you know, he didn't throw an interception. He only got sacked once. You know, you can't ask more of your quarterback. Yeah, he, you know, he didn't throw any touchdowns, but it, it was it was just one of those rough games. Uh, this is the game that he broke the uh, all-time passing yards leader and surpassed Drew Brees for that record. Uh, I don't know who will be able to take it from him if anybody can. I mean, you've got to play for a long time to have this record. So uh, it'll be interesting to see if somebody like Patrick Mahomes or Josh Allen could. But, uh, you know, Mac Jones looked amazing. Uh, absolutely wonderful. Uh, he is by far the best rookie quarterback out of this draft class. Granted, he got put on the best team out of all the other rookie QBs. Um, you know, but he he played really well. He had a better uh, he had a better rating than Tom Brady. Uh, he actually got touchdowns thrown, like made, like thrown. Uh, he did throw an INT though. Um, but yeah, I mean, it was a very it was a very good game to see Tom Brady return to New England and to see New England put up such a fight that they did uh, brings me hope for my team. Well, so one thing I I find interesting though, uh, at least from a fan, uh, fantasy perspective. Uh, if you're looking at it from the Patriots and touchdown wise, uh, both touchdowns got thrown to a different tight end, uh, Hunter Henry and, uh, Johnny Smith. So, I mean, it, if you're, if you're trying to pick somebody up there, it's going to be hard to, to pick one of those two. Um, I think Nelson, Johnny Smith is held more in most leagues. So grab Hunter Henry. It seems like he's the 
target, you know, not favorite, but at least in the end zone, it looks more like red zone wise. They try to target him a little bit more, but yeah. And I, I picked up Jacoby Myers and, you know, I was happy with that. He, uh, didn't get a touchdown, but you know, he did, uh, he did look good in the receiving core there this week. Uh, Damian Harris is kind of down on the downtrend there for the new England rushing. Uh, I mean, you know, they, they, uh, kind of pass it around off uh, quite a bit. Leonard, uh, you know, Fournette uh, definitely uh, came up big, uh, which is interesting because, you know, they also have Ronald Jones. So you never really know which one of them is going to go off. Um, and it kind of can be a cuff sometimes, unfortunately. Um, but. Yeah, I mean, it's I think it's crazy to think that Tom Brady had more rushing yards than the entire Patriots uh, team did. Um, <laughs> that's never normal. That's never a thing. Um, but the Patriots running back room has never been awesome. Uh, I can't remember a time in my entire life of being a football fan and being a Pats fan ever seeing the running back room be amazing. Uh, yes, we have good players, but I don't know. We've just been more of a passing team. And so it's it's just interesting seeing how, how badly they did in the running back room. Uh, they didn't try very much. I think that that Buccaneers defensive line is just so good that they didn't want to try it as much because they only they only tried eight times to run it. So, I mean, it's just one of those things you learn quickly and Bill Belichick is not going to keep doing something that's not working. Uh, that's something I wish I, a lot more teams did because I hate watching teams try to punch it into a goal, you know, into the end zone on the two yard line for four downs in a row and the running back can't make it through. It's like, why don't you try something different? It's not going to work. Um, well, you, you know, but, you, you want to know something funny here? That that uh, should make you happy as a New England fan. What? Jacoby Myers had a uh, 118 passer rating for that game. I know that's pretty cool. Um, Edelman did the same thing, so it's cool to see that they're still able to have that that uh, wide receiver QB thing going on, where you can do some fun little plays like that. Those always throw the defenses off, um, but I think most teams expect it from the Patriots. Uh, they're kind of a big leader of doing that, so. Uh, I mean, it's the, just fun to, to see. throw for 45 yards, though, I mean, he did good, so. Yes, yes. I mean, it was an absolute bomb down the field. I can't remember exactly how long his long throw was. I think it was like 20-something yards, 30 yards, maybe. And, uh, you know, so it was very interesting. I think it was the 30-yard bomb down to Nelson Aguilar. I think that's who that was. Or maybe the 21-yard to Kobe Myers. But, yeah, it was it was just one of those things that's fun to see as a Pats fan. Um, and then, well, he didn't throw it to himself. <laughs> oh, I know. Oh, yeah, yeah. Sorry, I said Jacoby Myers. I I meant Damian Harris because he had the other, the other long, uh, long reception. So I think it was one of those guys, Nelson Aguilar, Damian Harris, that that caught it from Jacoby for the. Oh, I think really it, long throw. I think it was Kendrick Bourne. Uh, well, I'm sorry. To the back. I think it was Nelson Aguilar uh, was the long one, and then Kendrick Bourne was at 17. I think was the second throw. Uh, but well, both I don't fantastic. think it could have been Kendrick Bourne. That wouldn't have added up to 45 yards. So it's probably got to be Nelson Aguilar and Brandon Bolden because those two yards add up. Oh, yeah, probably. Uh, I have no idea. Um, but yeah, anyway, it's just it was a good game. Uh, it was, you know, if you're a Pats fan, you know, it was just good to see Tom Brady return. Uh, it was one of those like emotional games because it's like, man, so much love, so much, you know, history between these you know, this QB and this coach and this team. 
uh, all came together for one last time, unless Tom Brady plays for the next four years to replay them. Uh, that's probably his last time at New England. So it, it was just really cool and interesting to see. Um, good way to end Sunday night. And then Monday, uh, Chargers versus the Raiders. Another 3-0 and you know, undefeated game. No, no, no. Never mind. I take that back. I'm sorry. Uh, Chargers were not undefeated in this game. But boy, did they put the Chargers in their place, or the Raiders in their place. The Chargers came out and killed it. It was an awesome game. I really enjoyed this game, actually. Um, defense came up huge for the Chargers in stopping uh, the Raiders, especially on that on that drive that they're trying to come back on. And they got an INT, um, another drive that they stopped them on. And, and the Raiders should have just gone for it because they, I knew they weren't going to have enough time to try to make two more plays happen, two more drives happen. But whatever. Um, you know, but it's it's just interesting to see. Uh, the Chargers came out, and they are the top of the NFC, AFC West. And the Chiefs are actually last, which is also very cool to see. I like seeing new teams at the top, but yeah. Uh, it was a very good game, very interesting Monday night game, uh, at least for myself. Well, I mean, obviously I was happy because uh, there was a very specific reason why I took the bet over whether I thought Derek Carr was actually a good quarterback or not. Um, I mean, he's still a good quarterback. I I feel I don't know. Every time I look at Derek Carr, I just feel like he's just the guy that's just good enough to get things done. Like, yeah, okay, he's he had a, you know he had a three and zero start, uh, and then you know he ends up getting a loss. Uh, but I don't know. He he just he he doesn't he doesn't wow me. There's never been anything about him that just you know screams to me like uh like you know like he he's a starting quarterback type. I don't know. Just uh. He doesn't, uh, I don't know. There's I think just he's starting quarterback him. football, like starting quarterback material. I think he's better um, than Bridgewater. I'm not Bridgewater, saying he's got a wow factor like Lamar, Patrick Mahomes, um, or anything like that. But he's definitely a very good starter. Um, I don't know who else in this league they could play or try to trade for to get that isn't already a starter that they'd want to have playing. I don't think there's any second no, string player that I'd want over Carr. I, I agree, but I mean, in, in the options that they could have to, you know, pick someone up, I mean, I, I feel like there, you know, would have been better options, but, you know, he took four sacks this week and had an interception, uh, so it's always rough. And, and and I think comparatively, when you compare him to Justin Herbert, you know, like Justin Herbert looks, you know, good, um, which is it, it's kind of interesting, uh, in my opinion, because obviously after having seen, um, I'm totally blinking on his name. The last quarterback for the Chargers. Uh, um, I can picture uh, his Phil face. Rivers. Phil yeah, Rivers. which which was always unfortunate because I always wanted to see Philip Rivers get a ring, uh, and now this Chargers yes. uh, team is actually looking, you know, uh, like they could good. do it. Yeah, I mean, uh, I guess it's you know between having you know Keenan Allen, uh, Mike Williams, you know, absolutely going off this year, you know, and Austin Eckler. Yep, and uh, you know Jared Cook may not be a top uh, tight end fantasy wise, but he gets the job done for him, um, you know, on the field uh, if you're not in a PPR league. So it's just kind of one of those pieces. Uh, I I predicted, obviously, the Chargers were going to win. Um, you know, it's not to say, though, that Vegas doesn't have a good team between Hunter Renfro, Darren Waller, and Henry Ruggs. Uh, I think the one thing that they need to pick up for on Las Vegas is uh, Josh Jacobs needs to be healthy. Uh, he's already questionable again this week. Uh, that, that ankle is nagging him. 
uh and Kenyon drake i just i'm not 100 percent yeah i'm not 100 yeah. percent on him being able to to do it and then they got peyton barber who people are saying oh you know the fact that they're cuffing him with Kenyon drake because they think josh jacobs is going to be hurt um which obviously Much he better. is but i mean it's just it's just like you already got Kenyon drake who's not good enough and then now now you want to rely on this guy uh i just don't see it yeah, it seems to me like a lot of teams that are really betting on their running backs to, you know, some teams really don't need running backs, like the Patriots. You know, they, they never really relied on them. You don't need them. They can still win games. Uh, the Chiefs, they don't really need them. They only really use them to burn some clock, you know, make some make some short plays, but not really need them, right? Whereas, like, teams like the um, the 49ers, teams like the the, the Ravens, they need these running backs and they keep getting hurt. So it's interesting to see that these, these teams that need these running backs to be healthy are not healthy. Um, and, you know, sadly the Raiders have that problem and Josh Jacobs is still young. Uh, he's still new. So it's not like he's some, you know, five-year veteran. That's super awesome. Like Derek Henry, anything like that. Um, but it's just one of those things that, you know, Josh Jacobs is going to have to get healthy and then really work hard to just, be the running back they need because only running for 40 yards is not enough to help your team win. Uh, especially when the rest of your team is getting hurt so bad because the Chargers defense put it, put it on Derek Carr and they, you know, sacking him for 31 yards is that's a lot of yards to lose. So really Josh Jacobs needs to pick up, you know, fix his health and then, and then really pick it up from there or else the Raiders are going to find themselves falling underneath, you know, the Broncos, and and the Chiefs, you know, at, towards the end. But whoops, sorry, yeah. I didn't realize my mic oh. mean was hit. Uh, I mean, the, the one <laughs> thing also there is, you know, Josh Jacobs also plays out on the receiving end too. Uh, and you yes. may not, you know, obviously when you have Darren Waller, you have Hunter Renfro, you have Henry. Ru I mean, you know, you've got these guys. Um, you know, it, it's nice to have Josh Jacobs out there to be able to, you know, to get some of the receiving yards but you know where it really matters for them is definitely on on the rushing end uh and so hopefully they can get that figured out definitely needs to happen uh but overall uh it was definitely an interesting week for football and uh i i would say this week will probably be no less um just looking at the schedule uh there are some really good games obviously new york and atlanta uh that you know that'll be really interesting because, uh, again, you know, they are playing in uh, London, and that's the Jets, not the Giants. Um, mm -hmm. But, you know, that'll be a great game. Uh, even seeing Green Bay and Cincinnati, uh, you know, they are playing in Cincinnati. It'll be interesting to see Joe Burrow, possibly the return of T. Higgins, uh, you know, going up against Green Bay uh, should be very interesting. Uh, and then even having games like Philadelphia and Carolina, um, you know, where, you know, Jalen Hurts uh, going up against that strong Carolina defense, you know, especially getting uh, Derek uh, or Stephon Gilmore, uh, you know, that, that'll be a, a big piece there. Um, yeah, uh, yeah, I, I'm very excited to talk about these these games that are coming up for the upcoming week. Uh, it'll be very fun. Uh, I, I think we'll see some very, very big games. Um, obviously, the Bills and the Chiefs, 49ers, Cardinals. Uh, Chargers and the Browns. There's going to be a lot of fun games to watch. Uh, so I'm very, very excited for this upcoming week. So I cannot wait to talk about them. Yeah, absolutely. But 
this is going to cap it for us for the end of this uh this episode uh and thank you so much for listening